Sealing God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org. With your host, Dennis Beard. Tune into the podcast, over 25 different locations. For Sealing God's People, we love to hear from you. Also, subscribe, and that will let us know that you're listening. If you have questions, let us know. Uh, some that have asked, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is it faith plus nothing equals salvation? Is it faith plus works, works of the law equals salvation? What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, the gospel is good news. In Revelation 6, we find that we have a white, red, black, and pale horse rider. And on that white horse, we find he had a crown, a Stephanos, and a bow given to him. That bow is a toxon, T-O-X-O-N, which is a fabric ornamental bow given to the victor after he has uh, triumphed over the enemy. But here we find out before the war even, the battle even begins, that we, the body of Christ, are given a toxon, a bow. Notice there's no error there because it's a fabric ornamental bow that's given to the victor before we ever get into the battle for we know that the battle is the Lord's. Now that's the key. The battle is the Lord's. It's not our battle. But somebody said, well, the law is the ministration of death, but it said by the works of the law, no flesh should be saved. But yet Jesus fulfilled the law. He didn't do away with it. He fulfilled the law. But he took that law that was of uh, the carnal commandments, uh, uh, judgment statutes uh, there, and literally took the ordinances of that ordinances of that law, nailing it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, that partition, that wall that parted God from all mankind. He literally nailed to his cross, fulfilling it in the cross through the shedding of his holy righteous blood. And by doing so, he has made peace there between these two, these twain, making one new man, thereby bringing peace. That new man is that second Adam. That first Adam was made a living soul. The second Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now that spirit, in the days of his flesh, he was an ordinary man. He was made in under the law. We find that in Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law. Not above the law, under the law, to redeem us that were under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. But the question is, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? What do we have to do in order to earn salvation? The answer to that is nothing. Absolute nada. Nothing. Why? It's a free gift of God. The Lord is our man of war. The Lord is the God of battles. He fights our battles for us. If we fought them on our own, then we would lose. We would certainly be defeated. If we go after Satan uh, there in our own flesh, thinking that we can take him on one-on-one, we deceive ourselves. And that's the reason even Michael the archangel, when disputing over the body of Moses, said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Why? Because it's only in the Lord we have the victory. Now let's address some of the questions. Do we have to work? Well, it says, work out your own salvation with trembling and fear. For God worketh in you both the will and the do of his own good pleasure. Well, who's working, though? It's God that worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure, not you. Uh, obedience is not works. 
Now, for example, let's say that, that uh, now this is a poor analogy, but let's say somebody gave you a car. And they say, now this car is yeah, one of the best cars out there. Now this car's got tires on it. Uh, this, it's got streamlined. It'll go anywhere that you want to go over terrain. It might be a four-wheel vehicle. It'll go up mountains, down valleys. It'll go anywhere you want to go. Well, if it did not have a power, if it did not have an engine, if it didn't have some power to move, and you tried to uh, literally do this on your own, pedal it alone or pedal it alone as uh, Fred Flintstone, well, you'd be in trouble because we might be able to move it a foot or two, but no way could we get this from point A to point B and use it uh, in our daily activities. Well, the same is true in God. We can't do it on our own self, our own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. Now, there is a law of obedience. Now, I didn't say uh, that law uh, being the natural law, the law of Moses, and we find in Exodus 20 in the Ten Commandments in the Decalogue, but Jesus fulfilled the law. He did not do away with it. He fulfilled it. And he took the ordinances of the law, as we mentioned earlier, nailing it to his cross, Ephesians 2, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, the partition that parted us, thereby making peace, and of the twain, God and all mankind, making one new man. Now, Lord Jesus is that quickening spirit. Now, in the days of his flesh, he was one of us, for as much then as the children, protectors of flesh and blood. God himself also likewise took part of the same, then all things he's made like unto his brethren, being tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. That's Hebrews 2 and Hebrews 4.15. Now, in his glorification, how high did he go? He's glorified with the Father's own self. John 17.5. And then, he said... For out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. He hadn't paid the price, broken down the middle wall of partition, there being glorified with God's own self and all power in heaven that was given to him, and then that power given to us. It's the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me, Acts, the first chapter, and you shall receive power that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Who is that Holy Ghost? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, what is that Christ? It's Jesus Christ in you. And that is Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Because the spirit of the son is the same spirit as the father. There's only one spirit, and that spirit is Jesus Christ. The Lord is that spirit. Now, with that said, what about these works? Now, we're saying obedience is not works. But yet it said, work out your own salvation with trembling and fear, for God worketh in you, both the willing to do of his own good pleasure. And unless we do the will of God, we find in Matthew 7, he said, depart from me, either work on iniquity, for I never knew you, for you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. So which is it? And it can be confusing. Peter said some things given unto Paul, which some things are hard to be understood. Talking about the circumcision being of the circumcision, our uncircumcision being counted for the circumcision because they sought it by faith. They, uh, if they do those things that was in circumcision, that uncircumcision is counted for circumcision. And Peter said some of these things that Paul is saying, according to wisdom given to him, are hard to be understood. While some wrestle after these things, bringing upon themselves with destruction. 
Well, there is a right, and that right is the, the Holy Ghost leading us in the truth, the way, and the life. Now, what is required of us? Well, that we believe. But we think that that, and here's where some, and some of you have mentioned some new two-and-a-half-hour uh, movie out there that uh, it's all faith and nothing that comes in salvation and uh, once saved, always saved, and they're, you know, no matter what you do, you're, you're saved. Well, now we need to take a look at that. Uh, there's a lot of truth and half-truth and things, but we can also omit things of the Word of God that it says, and there's sins of omission. We can't omit anything of the Word of God. We have to not shun declaring to you all the counsel of God. And it fitly it frames together as the Word of God, uh, a golden cord and a silver cord going through the whole Word of God, making it one. Over 66 books written by over 40 writers over several thousands of years, and it comes into, uh, into a unity, into nothing but Jesus Christ. And the volume book is written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. Search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me, Jesus said. Everything from Genesis to Revelation is Jesus. There's nothing else. <laughs> the whole foundation of the church is Jesus Christ, not David, uh, uh, not Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, not the patriarchs, not the Antilovin, uh, uh you know, Seth and Enoch and, and uh, uh, Noah and etc. Uh, and the prophets were under John. Since that time, men pressed their way uh, into it. The law, uh, the law there, that law given to us. The Ten Commandments. The law was given that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. By the knowledge of the law is is sin. Sin's, the, that, that law gives us a knowledge of sin. And Romans tells us, Paul talking to the church of Rome tells us uh, that by the works of that law, no flesh shall be saved. For it's by the law that we have the knowledge of sin. And we find also in the book of Hebrews it says that the law was the ministration of death. Things you do not do. Do not do this or you, you worship God with all your heart, soul, and might. Uh, do not commit. Uh, thou shalt not commit fornication. Thou shalt not uh, bear false witness. Thou shalt not steal. A lot of thou shalt not. Well, and what that law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh God sending his own son the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Condemned sin in the flesh. Blessed uh, and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such that second death hath no power. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Well then what is required of us? Believers. In the New Testament, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. You've heard that many times, and it's true. But what is required of the believer? Is it something we do of our own works? No. It's not us. And a good way to put it is that we have not only the car given to us, but we have the power for that instrument, that vehicle to move. Now, I know that's a poor analogy, but without that power, that car is not going anywhere. Be the 
the finest streamlined, the best tires in the world. But without that power, without that engine, it's not going anywhere. Same way with the body of Christ. If we don't have Christ in us, the power of God to move this vehicle, uh, an instrument uh, there, meet for the master's use, then it's all futile. It's all an act of futility. Well, what is required of us? Well, obedience. Obedience is required of us. But as obedience works, well, it would be if it was on our, our own volition, our own will, and no power behind it, it would be our own works. But it's not. You see, the Holy Ghost, it literally constrains us. You have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things, you know all truth, no lies of the truth. That unction from the Holy One is, here is the way, here's the path, here's the truth, walk you in it. Well, is the world stronger than that? Greater is he that is within, within you than he that's in the world. God says, I'm going to make sure that this power that you have is greater than any negative force of the flesh that works resistance against you. Now we have the, the, the flesh, which is enmity or an enemy of the spirit, and the spirit is enmity with the flesh. These are contrary one to the other. And the, even though we've been born again, we're still in a body of flesh and blood until the earnest expectation of the creature, mo- creature moaneth and groans and pain to be delivered to the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And not only they, but we also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, do groan within ourselves, uh, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. Now, there will be a day our vile bodies will be fashioned like in his glorious body, whereby he's able to do all things unto himself. But then we're still in this, this body of flesh and blood. But it is the temple of God. We find what, no, you're not. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Now, that's a key thing. You're bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You're bought with a price. But there's things that we do by obedience, not of our works that we do. Paul said, I want to be found. I've suffered the loss of all things to be counted as done, that I might win Christ and be found not having my own righteousness, not my own righteousness, which is of the law. Do this and don't do that. Well, somebody said, well, you have a lot of churches that tell us that you can't do this and you got to do that and you got a standard of holiness. Well, it has a show of wisdom and will worship, not to the satisfying of the flesh, but that is will worship. I will not do this. I will not do that. I'll make a consecration to God that I will not do a certain thing or, or, or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I won't drink coffee or I won't drink tea or Cokes or, or, or you, you know, you make a, a, a vow to God. You know, well, that's it, that a show of wisdom. Touch not, taste not, handle not. Which has a show of wisdom, Paul said, and will worship. Not to the satisfying of the flesh. And that's fine. But it's God that requires us to worship him in two things, in spirit and in truth. Now, in spirit is not the natural mind. It's be spiritually minded. And in truth, the truth of the word of God. Not hearsay, not something that's outside of the word of God. It is uh, through the spirit, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Who's given us life? The Spirit is. Where is it? It's all in Christ Jesus. As God hath put in him that all life would be in his Son. 
Well, is that a different spirit? No, same spirit. The Father's invisible spirit can't see. He's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. He's everywhere, and he's all-powerful and knows all things. Well, who's the Son? The Son is the embodiment, manifest, manifestation of that spirit. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is only begotten God, monogonese theos, the monogonese huos, the only begotten Son, who's the only begotten God, he hath declared him. He's the image of the invisible God. He is the express image of his person. Only one person of God, not three. That's Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. What about these works? We said obedience is not works. Obedience is where somebody has already beaten out the path and made the way, the truth, and life for us to walk in what he has already done. And we would say, well, if we had no assistance at all, we're just doing it by ourselves. We can say, well, it's works that we've done. I mean, Jesus showed us a way, but we have to plunge through it. But that's not the truth. You see, he gave us of his spirit, the power of God unto salvation. And all we have to do is walk in his steps, walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So it's not me that's doing it. It's Christ in me. Paul put it this way. I was crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, I live. Well, wait a minute. That's that's a dichotomy. You're, you're saying you're crucified, and now you say you live. Well, there's a truth there. I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. Well, if it's not you, then who is it? Christ liveth in me. Christ lives in you? Paul said... Uh, to die is gain, but to be with you is more needful. So I'm in a, uh, a decision between the two to go on to be with the Lord, which is far greater, or to stay here with you, which is more needful. And that, to be absent with the body, is be present with the Lord. But for me to live, he said, is Christ. How could he say that? He's not living, but he's manifesting Christ. He's not Christ. He's not God. He's not the kingdom. He is not Jesus, but he, he is named by that name. The whole body in heaven and earth is named that name. But he has Christ in him, and he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. But the key is, he said, I was crucified with Christ. Galatians 2, 20, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not my faith, the faith of the Son of God. God's own faith that he gave me. Whatever he called me to do, he gave me the faith, the power to do it. So, I was crucified with Christ, Paul said, and you, if you are in Christ, you have to be crucified with Christ. Somebody said, how do you do that? Well, it's not by asking Jesus to come into your heart. That's where we, the churches have jumped track. And, well, it's just faith without works. and uh, But the works under company salvation, forget that. It's faith plus nothing equals salvation. And once saved, always saved. And don't worry about it. And uh, don't, don't seek God. And don't ask, seek, and knock. Because, you know, it's all taken care of. Well, 
we need to take a good look at the scriptures. Because Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. Now, how did we get crucified with Christ? Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth, liveth in me. And the life I now live, that's godliness, the God life. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He lives by the faith where we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So that means that no matter what the Lord leads and guides me to do, it's not me, but Christ liveth in me. Now there's a law of obedience. I didn't say of works. I said of obedience. That if you will obey me, you'll read it in Deuteronomy 11, you'll read it in Deuteronomy 27, Deuteronomy 28, and there's a law of obedience that if you obey me, the blessings will be there. If you disobey me, there's cursings there. Well, that's a law. And he said, this is perpetual. But this law, somebody said, well, we're not under the law of Moses because we're under grace. If you're under grace, you're not under the law. That's extinctly what Paul said, and yet it's very, very true. However, we're still under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. In Romans 5, it said, By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one, so also the free gift is of one. Now, sin reigned by death. Death had dominion over all of us. Now, we've been passed from death unto life through Christ Jesus our Lord. How do we do that? By grace. Grace that reigns through righteousness, Romans 5. Now, what is righteousness? If a grace, not just grace, grace reigns by something. With what? By what? Through what? Through righteousness. Well, now we need to know what righteousness is. And you can see where we're going. The Lord, our righteousness. It's not our righteousness, which we have done but the righteousness of God by faith. As Paul said, I've suffered the loss of all things, do count them by dung, that I might win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. That ministration of death, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But the righteousness of God through faith, by faith, that, that I might be accounted worthy of the resurrection. Well, how is it then? It's by faith. And this faith, there are works that accompanies faith, but it is not what we do. Now, there's the key. It's not us, but Christ in us. If you go through the Word of God and get you a New Testament, and as an exercise, all the scriptures that says by Christ, through Christ, and in Christ, and literally underline those. Your Bible would be full, or if you highlight them, it'll be full of highlights and full of underline. Because it's all in Him, by Him, and through Him, not of our righteousness and the works of righteousness, which we have done, but by faith. That's an unction from the Holy One. It's working in us, a strong, perpetual power of God working in and through you with a reflection upon the heart, the spirit of man, and it's out in reflection in life, and these good works glorify Father which is in heaven. Why? Because he's the one doing it. 
The Lord Jesus Christ is the one that's doing it, not us. He is. Well, what if we don't see the works there? That works of righteousness, which is by faith. Well, he said, well, you judge him by the fruit. In Galatians 5.22, it's going to yield that fruit of holiness. It's that, that fruit of righteousness. And what is that? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, makes his face temperance. Against such there is no law. That will be the fruit of it. And you will know them by their fruits. Well, if somebody goes out here and lie, cheats, and steal, and you should walk as he walked. If you walk in the light, John, 1 John, in this epistle tells us you should walk as he walked. And if a man walks in darkness, then he hath not seen God, neither has he known him. He doesn't know God if he does not walk in the light as he's in the light. And God is no darkness at all. Well, if we take a look and just a few scriptures and just bear with me in the Gospels uh, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we're told, let's take a look at uh, uh, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, the, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. And we find that Jesus said, blessed are those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do hunger and thirst? I thought I was saved. I have to hunger and thirst? Yes. Those that come to God must believe that he is and a reward of them that what? Diligently seek him. We got to seek God. So, therefore, if a person's in God, there will be a desire from this Christ in you that seeks him. So, it becomes a thing of sanctification. Is that us doing the works? No. He's already done the works. He's fulfilled. You're completed in him. You're completed in him and have need of nothing else. Well, completed in him? Yes, Colossians 2, 10 through 12. You're completed in him, have need of nothing else in whom you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, that there, how? By baptism. Well, somebody said, well, now, your baptism has nothing to do with salvation. And now here's where we jump track again. It's no obedience. It's not works, it's obedience. If God has already made the way, the truth, and the life, and he says, now, here is the way, walk you in it, well, then, if we just sit back and fold our hands and say, well, I'm saved, so I don't have to obey anything. Well, now, we've got a gospel that has no fruits of holiness, no fruits of righteousness, no fruit of the Spirit at all. Because those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. So, therefore, just because I'm born again, and if I liked apple pie before I got... Uh, uh, being a believer in Christ Jesus, I still like apple pie. If I was prone to uh, some disposition of the flesh that uh, had a, uh, I'd like doing it and it had uh, uh, an affection to my flesh, well, then I may still be prone to do that. Well, then Christ is greater. And he says, now you crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust and live unto me of life of holiness. Well, it's not a thing of standards of don't do this and don't do that. It's a thing there where you want to be pleasing to him and follow the leading of the Spirit of God 
for God worketh in you both the willing to do of his good pleasure and are many as are led. Not your work, something's leading you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Well, if it's leading me, that means I'm following. If somebody leads me, somebody said, hey, lead me into the other room because the lights are dark. Well, that means uh, uh, the connotation is there that I'm following. He's leading me, I'm following. Well, who's doing the work? The one leading you is doing the work, not you. He that's leading you is doing it. All you're doing is obeying and yielding to that leading. You yield to it. And whosoever you yield your members of servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death, which is carnal-minded, and to be carnal-minded is death. Or to be spiritually-minded, which is life and peace. And whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, whoever you yield to. The flesh is still there, friend. It wants to do this and it wants to do that. It wants to do the worldly pleasures, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. That's the love of the world. And whoever loves the world, the love of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Then he says, for all that's of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of that flesh passes away, the world passes away with the lust thereof. But whosoever doeth the will of God shall abide forever. You do the will of God, yes, the will of God for you, but it's not you doing it. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's a one compelling you, saying this is the way you walk in it. Somebody says, well, I don't feel that. Well, get born again. <laughs> You're born again of the water and the spirit. And first is repentance. And the second is born of the water and the spirit. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit. Promising to you and your children, many to fall off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. So you first have to be dead to self. As many as are, are dead... Reckon yourselves dead unto sin, but alive unto God. How? You have to crucify that flesh. And what? No, you know, as many as were baptized into Christ was what? Buried with him. Look at Romans 6. In Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus said, in Matthew 7, a startling statement, a very profound statement. He said, and all say to me, Lord, Lord, are going to be able to enter in. Oh, my goodness. Did he say they sinned? Did they murder somebody or commit adultery, fornication? What do they do? And they will begin to profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works in your name. And, and then we've prophesied in your name. Now, we've done all these works. And Jesus said, no, you didn't. Yes, they had. But they didn't go on. They didn't follow on to know the Lord. They quit. And woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. The Holy Ghost is continually moving. It's the way of light. Not the place of light. It's a way of light. It's constantly moving you to greater heights. Growing up into Him and Christ and all things. And we'll see a few scriptures in a minute that you have to do that. You have to put it on. But it's God that's doing it. Working in you. He's the one working in you, both to will and to do. 
Who's, who's controlling your will? Who, who is showing you his will? Put it that way, not controlling you, but who is doing your will? It's God that worketh in you. Who's doing the work? God is. Worketh in you what? Both to will and to do. In other words, leading you in the way, you still have to yield to it because you have your own will. You have your own volition. But it's you that has to make that choice. Why do we pray? Well, you pray so you can align your will with either the flesh or the spirit. You pray so that you will align your flesh with the will of God. And Lord, lead me not into temptation. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive the sinners of the debtors. And lead us not into that temptation. You're putting away the flesh so you can tell the Lord God you want to walk in the spirit. And a Father which art in heaven, hallowed be, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I want your will done, Lord. And forgive us our sins or debts if we forgive the sinners or debtors. Give us this day our daily bread. And deliver us from evil and temptation. Rebuke the devourer, O oh God, for your sake, for our sakes, that we may do your will. And just as David said, that I might hide thy word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Why? For it's God that's working in you, both the will and do of his good, own good pleasure. For thine is the kingdom, not ours. Thine is the kingdom, honor, power, and glory, and dominion forever. Whose? It's him working in you. All you have to do is yield to that and obey it. Well, you have greater power over anything or the works of the flesh to do it. So sometimes we may miss uh, all unrighteousness is sin, but there's a sin unto death, a sin not unto death. All unrighteousness is sin. Therefore, is a sin not unto death, but there's a sin unto death. He said, I say not that you should pray for it in First John. There is a, a failing away, a falling away, a fail of the grace of God by our own will. He that sinneth willfully after he has known the truth is it impossible for him to be renewed again, seeing that he crucifies again afresh the Son of God? Now we're talking about not, this is something that knows, and the greater you go, to whom much is given, much, are, much is required. The more knowledge you have in the Lord Jesus Christ, the more he is, requires of you and expects a holy life. Well, what is this holiness? It's not ours, it's him. Be you holy, even as your Father in heaven is holy. Well, he's the one that's holy, and he's the one leading us into the ways of holiness. How do we get there? Well, first, Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. We have to be crucified with him. How do you get crucified with him? How are you buried with Jesus in, 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 his, in his death? Let's take a look at it. Let me go ahead and say there that in Matthew 7, Jesus said, Now, say to me, Lord, Lord, to be able to enter in. Now, that's a profound statement. Lord, we prophesy in your name. Oh, you've done many wonderful works in your name. Cast out devils in your name. Jesus didn't say, no, you didn't. But they missed the marks on that. He said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. What's iniquity? Lawlessness. You're not being led of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was trying to lead you this way into the ways of righteousness. And you still went after the ways of the flesh. 
You did not do the will of God. And iniquity in the last days, the church has gotten so worldly and the world's gotten so church, you can't tell the difference. Because it's all a show. We got orators, we got musicians, singers, uh, dancers, we got all the things that the world can give and maybe even better than what the world can give. And yet this is what's appealing to man. When the word of God, we gather for corn and wine and a movement of that Holy Ghost, but not considering the work of God. There's a work, the work of the ministry that you're called for, each individual member in particular. Well, what do we and how do we know what to do? It's simply obedience. Obedience is not works. It's that faith plus works equals salvation. Catholic Church or whatever, totally agree. That's not salvation. And then it's plus faith plus nothing equals salvation. Well, now, that's true in a sense, but not so. Let's take a look, not according to the Word of God. Let's put faith through obedience equals salvation. But that's not works. It's works God's working through you. You're simply yielding to it. And in obedience through that leading of God. Many are led of the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. The whole creation moaneth and groaneth in pain to be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And not only they, but we which also groan within ourselves. What are we groaning for? Waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. So we still have this battle going on in our flesh. And is it work? We have to plow through something and do, you know, we get ordinances and say, this is what you've got to do. You can't do this and you, you can't, you know, you, you can't uh, wear a red dress or you can't do, you know, you can't go, you know, if you go to an amusement park, you're going to hell and whatever the case is. Well, we're getting where we're straining a gnat and swallowing a camel. Blessed is the man that does not condemn himself in the thing which he allows. Does that mean I can do anything I want to do? No. Does not mean you can do anything you want to do. It means that you must be led of the Spirit of God. And if you were led of the Spirit of God, therefore is now no condemnation to them. And that what the them that walk in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus and not after the flesh. For if you walk in the in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, in Christ Jesus, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, it's going to be one or the other. You've got the flesh over here saying, let's go do this, pleasures of sin for a season. Over here, you have the righteousness of God, and somebody says, well, these laws, they just tear me down. Uh, the, the drudgery of it all. Well, God did not give us the law, so it'd be a drudgery. Or... A uh, monotonous affair that we have to try to uh, reach this level where God finally says, I'll prove you. You know, enter in, you know, uh, here's your star for today. That's not the case. He gave them to us for life, for the real life, for all life in Christ Jesus through obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. So Jesus said, Depart from me, you that work of iniquity, in Matthew 7, because you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. We're called to do the will of God. But who gave us that to do? God himself. Where did the faith come from? We, we are saved by faith, by grace through faith. 
We're justified by faith. The justification by faith. True. Romans says so. Well, where did you get the faith? This is a faith God has delivered to every man the measure of faith. Not a short measure. The measure of faith. In other words, whatever God has called you to do and me, he has given to us the measure of faith to accomplish that. It's not us. It's not of our works. It's not of our ability. But let us let every minister minister according to the ability that God giveth. Not to us, not our works, and say, well, I'm trying to be a better minister. I'm, I'm practicing in the mirror and say the right things. <laughs> I'm using power phrases. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, you see, you can get into the flesh real easy. It's simply, it's just simply you got an unction from the Holy One, the Spirit of God. And when you do that, then these works glorify your Father, which is in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not you doing it. The faith you have is not is not yours. God giveth to every man the measure of faith. Whatever he's called you to do, he's given you the faith to do it with. What is that? The Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's take a look over there. So, did they get, you know, they, they had followed the Lord. They were born again. They were little children. Little children of the kingdom be cast out. You've got to go on to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's a continuous growing process through the leading of the Holy Ghost, not of works lest we boast, but through the leading of the Holy Ghost, and we simply yield to that leading of the Holy Ghost, and as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So Jesus said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, lawlessness, you're not being led of the Spirit of God, you don't obey. It's not works, but you don't obey. And he said there, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, those are frightful words. But it's not because of works that we do or we have to say, I've got to pray more, I've got to fast more to be more holy. If you're holy, you're holy. It's holiness. The holiness is God's, not yours. It's God's holiness. He is, he is your righteousness. Jehovah Tendishkinu, the Lord, our righteousness. Not our righteousness, which we have done. The righteousness of God by faith. Who gave it to us? God did. He gave us the faith. Well, now here we go. Let's take a look at Luke. Here's just some scriptures. that, And there's so many. It's, uh, uh, there are innumerable scriptures that talk about in Christ, by Christ, through Christ, not of us, all the leading of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But just as Luke said in Luke 11, verse 28, and uh, he said, but he said, yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Keep it. Yes, now we're going to the book of Revelation in the second and third chapter. We see that Jesus is looking at Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, every one of those churches. He said, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Son of God. This, well, that's, that's the voice of the Lord. The time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. And that is not just hearing it, it's to hear, adhere to it, and obey. But that's not works that you do. He's given you of his spirit that all you have to do is yield through that. 
But there's something we have to do. We have to yield to it. But yielding is not our works. <laughs> our works were completed from the foundation of the world, friend, in Christ Jesus. And it's in him, by him, and through him. So those that keep, keep it. Now, the Lord's already done it. It's already fulfilled. It's done. You're completing it and have need of nothing else. And take, take a look at Romans, especially the second chapter. Now, just a casual reading, you'll think, well, you know, justification by faith is, uh, so that's it. Nothing required of us. Uh, the leading in works that accompany salvation and yielding to the Holy Ghost, uh, just either you are or you're not, and forget it. No. Let's take a look. He says, uh, it, uh, therefore, this is Paul talking, this is Romans 2, it's just a casual reading there. And uh, he said, therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art, that judgest. For when thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. Well, why? Because judgment is belongs to God and him alone. Judge nothing before the time. Because it's all God that's working. And when we're judged, we're judging God. There are inexcusable. For thou that judgest, doest thou the same things? This is self-righteousness, which is our righteousness, is as filthy rags. But the righteousness of God by faith, it's not us, it's his. It's to his glory, not ours, to his. Why? Because he's the one doing it. All we're doing is yielding to it. In obedience. We are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them that commit such things. It's only God that can judge the heart and, and, and literally, uh, literally take the, judge the reins of the heart, the intent of the heart. And thinkest thou, O man, thou that judgest thou that do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Now, judgment's God, and the judgment, judgment of God is real. We have to do the will of God to do the will of God. And we can't just take that lightheartedly and like uh, uh, said, basically and say, well, you know, so what? Uh, we're saved and that's it. Well, yeah, we have to seek God to do his will. And he goes, or despises out the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. It's God's goodness that even gets us there. Not that we first loved him, but he first loved us. So everything, no man comes to Christ except the Father draws him. Everything done is in God, through God, or, or in, by, in, and through him, not us. So it's not of works. Anytime we go and works at a company's salvation, that works that they're simply obedience. Obedience is not works of the law. It's not our own volition. And we say, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to beat out a path of righteousness today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to five more people about Jesus so I can be more righteous and more holy. No, the righteousness is his. And all you have to do is be willing. If he wants you to talk to 25 men that day or not, whatever occasion the Holy Ghost leads you until you simply obey through that unction of the Holy One that is in you. And that's 1 John 2.20. And he says there, after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Oh goodness. Who will render to every man according to his what? His deeds. The deeds is what you do. 
But is it you doing it? Or is it Christ now that lives in you? For you is crucified with Christ, nevertheless you live, yet not you, but Christ liveth in you. And the life you now live, you live by the faith. That's what's there, but you can still turn back to the flesh and say, I tell you what, I don't want to do that. I want to have the pleasure of sin for a season, go to the works of the flesh, be carnally minded, have the spirit of God, be carnally minded, and to be carnally minded is death. You're yielding your members as instruments, uh, are members of sin and death, Romans 6. So he says there, to them by patient continuance in well-doing. Seek for glory and honor and immortality and eternal life, but unto them that are contentious. Well, God, I don't want to do that. You know, whatever the Lord is moving on you to do, and you know, I don't want to do it. And you wind up like Jonah. I'm not going to Nineveh. I hop a ship of Tarshish, and I find myself, literally the waves of the sea become uh, the, the calamity. They, they throw Jonah overboard. Calamitous, he finds up a great fish that God had prepared. He's in the belly of the whale in hell. He lifted up his eyes and cried. What does God do? He vomits them out up on the shore and said, Jonah, arise and go to Nineveh. The Lord said again. So we may have many agains in our life. So he takes out a rod, a chastising rod, of which all are partakers of that chastisement. Then are you bastards and not sons for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Now, no chastisement for the present time seems to be joyous. Well, why would he chastise me? Because we're not doing the will of God. So he takes a rod out, not to destroy us, but to keep us in the way of, of life. If any man be without chastening, of which all are partakers, then are you bastards, not sons, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Now, this chastening for the present time seemeth not to be joyous, but afterward yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness. Righteousness, yes, for obedience unto righteousness. Now, that righteousness is the will of God for your life, and everyone and the members of the body of Christ will have a specific individual calling for them to do in that body of Christ. Not all are called to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Not all are called for helps, governments. Not all are workers of, of miracles. But whatever God has called you for, that we must do in order to be approved of God and to be able to enter that kingdom, just as in Jesus said, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And he said, But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. There's no respect of persons with God. Now, what's this justification by faith? Well, it is justification by faith. But what is that? Is it works that we have done? Our own righteousness? We're going to beat out a path of them and say, God, I'm going to do this for you. And this will be a, you know, another uh, mark for me to get righteous. No. It says, look at it's, uh, 
at verse 12. Now, this is still in, in Romans 2, verse 12. For as many have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Now, here we're talking about the law of Moses. But not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Then he goes on and says, But when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do my nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, <laughs> which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and a conscience is in the heart, in the spirit of man, the human spirit, and their thoughts that the meanwhile accusing or, or else excusing them, one another, in the day when the Lord will judge the secrets and the thoughts of all men's hearts. So we come down to the bottom line. What's, what's Paul talking about? Law, circumcision, uncircumcision, the law. He comes down and he says in verse uh, Romans 2, 28 and 29, he is not a Jew. That is one outwardly in that circumcision of the flesh. But he is a Jew. That is one inwardly in the circumcision of the heart in the spirit. That is to believe with the heart, not with an intellectual mind. The mind has to be renewed. That by the renewing of your mind, being not conformed to the world, but being transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. That is a conscious effort that you have to put your mind and your affections on the things which are above. But here he's talking about the heart and the spirit. How do you believe with the heart? With the heart, man believeth unto salvation. How do you believe with the heart? With your spirit. That's what Paul's getting to here. And it's plain. It's not some secret thing. It's openly to everyone that has an ear to hear. But yet somehow... We and the churches of the day in the world, over 32,000 different denominations in the world, seem to literally cast this aside, put it under the rug, so to speak. But it says here, he is a Jew that is one inwardly in that circumcision of the heart, in the spirit. Now that's how you believe with the heart, whose praise is not a man, but of God. Now we didn't know how you're going to be circumcised. How are you going to be circumcised in your heart? That's not something you can do. Not your work. You can't take your spirit out in your heart and then take a knife, scaffold, and cut off the sin and throw it away. That's impossible. It's impossible with man. But there is a way in God, and he says, simply obey, and I'm going to do it for you. It's a circumcision made without hands. It's a circumcision of Christ. It's an operation of God through faith. And you find that in Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. How? By baptism. <laughs> well, I'm told that baptism doesn't have anything to do with salvation. Well, friend, you've been lied to. <laughs> it's just that simple. You know, uh, in the long sufferings of the days of Noah, when eight souls were saved by water, 1 Peter 3, in the like figure, and what, you know, it says there uh, that there were eight souls saved by water, the like figure that it's a figure, the like figure with baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away the, uh, the filth of the flesh, not taking a shower of bath, but by the answer of a good conscience toward God. 
baptism does also now save us. The answer of a good conscience. Where's the conscience? In the heart, in the spirit. How did you get that right? How did you believe with the heart? And that's where we're missing the boat. We're thinking it's another lecture. Well, I've asked Jesus to come into my heart. You did? Yeah, with my mind, I said, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. That's not the way, that's not the biblical way to do it. Now, you're trying to do it with your own works. You're not doing it by the, the yielding to the Spirit of God. You're not doing it by the Word of God. You say, well, I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and I repented. I felt different. Well, that's good, you did, because you repented. But he hasn't come into your heart because you didn't take the body, the sins of the flesh, and cut it off, which is only done by Christ. The circumcision made without hands. Now, how were you buried with Jesus? Now, you've got to die somehow. That old academic nature's got to die. You've got to be born again. One's got to die, the other's got to live. How did you do it? Well, let's take a look. Romans uh, 6. Now, Romans 5 tells us, By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. And then as sin reigned unto death, or sin reigns by death, then grace reigns through righteousness. And that's in and through Jesus, the Christ, the Holy Ghost alone, which is the Spirit of the Son. We know that in Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, whereby we cry of a Father. How did He get into your heart? Not in your mind. In your heart, in your spirit. Well, let's see what he says. How do you do that? Well, Paul says, let me tell you how to do it. Romans 6, 1 through 4 is going to tell you how to do it. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? We're saying that grace reigns. He just got through saying in Romans 5, verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through what? Righteousness. Not your works, not of anything but the work of God. That he came down, proceeded from the Father, was manifest in the world. The Son of God is the Father revealed, died, buried, and was rose again, and then went back to his former glory, glorified with the Father's own self. There he says, you might, that we might reign, this grace reign through righteousness. Now we're saved by grace through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But he throws this word in there, grace reigns through righteousness. That's not our work. The Lord, our righteousness, Jehovah Kandishkinu, he's the one that's done it all. Well, it, this, grace reign, this grace reigns through righteousness unto, gets us to eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, the Paul, how do we do this? What is expected of me? Do I, do I have to... I have to do something. I have to get penance, cut myself, as uh, Luther go up and down upon broken glass and, until I hear your voice. Or what do I do? Do I do uh, self-mutilation and, you know, beat my back with a, a, a whip and a cat of nine tails? Or what do I do? Well, very simple. You simply obey God because he's already done the work. Romans 6, here goes Paul, tells exactly what to do. He said, now, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He's already said grace reigns through righteousness. 
But do we sin so grace can can abound? The more I sin, then I'm more going to have to have grace abounding to cover that. He said, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? Now, how do you get dead to sin? Is it something you did? No. Live any longer therein. None of us. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized. Now, don't let any preacher tell you our denomination tell you, our bishop tell you, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher tell you that baptism has nothing to do with being dead to sin. It has everything to do with it, born of the water. Through obedience in our Lord Jesus Christ and application of the blood. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Do that. And watch this next verse. Therefore, we are buried with him. How? By baptism. That's the only way you can get buried. That's the only way you can be dead to sin. I can say, well, I try in my mind. I, I, I won't lie, cheat, steal anymore. But guess what? We will. Because the works of the flesh. We have to have a power inside us that will overcome the world, the devil and our own flesh, and showing us the way, the truth, and life. Without that spirit of God, you cannot be saved. It's impossible. Somebody says, do I have to have the Holy Ghost to be saved? Friend, you can't breathe without the Holy Ghost. He gives you his, the very breath you have is through him. But then how do you have it applied? How do you have it where you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? Not with just a mental, mental essence that Jesus come into my heart, or Lord, I repent, save me, I'm a sinner. Well, that's not the biblical way. And that's where it's jump track and, and uh, the devil uh, doesn't condemn anybody or uh, he, he condemns everybody, but there's no convicting power of the Holy Ghost, what I'm trying to say. The devil's condemning everyone. But the convicting powers of the Holy Ghost, the conviction to lead us to truth. The Holy Ghost, the Father leading us unto the work that he has done and completely finished on Calvary once and for all. For one sacrifice for sin and has, for, has uh, uh, saved us and eternal life given to us forever by sanctification of that spirit. One offering has cleansed us forever through that one blood literally shed on Calvary for them that are sanctified, Hebrews tells us. The sanctification is not anything we do. Sanctify yourselves holy. What? Sanctify them through that truth. That word is truth. All we do is receive the word, obey it. What helps us do that? The letter kills, but the spirit gives a life. The spirit is the leading and the guiding of it. The Spirit is the one that leads us uh, uh, to the ways of righteousness and obedience unto righteousness. There we see that Paul says, therefore we're buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk, not just our own works, we should walk in the newness of life. Now Christ is going to live in us. Christ is, the faith is get delivered to us of God. The faith of the Lord Jesus Christ by which we live. 
For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, by baptism, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that the old man, our old man, that old Adamic nature, is crucified with him. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. When he died on that cross and buried and rose again, everything changed. The cosmos changed. True light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Why? Because he shed his holy, innocent, blameless blood, taking the ordinances of that law and nailing it to his cross, thereby making peace. What do we do? We're crucified with him. We got to, they've got to get in Christ. We're not in Christ, by Christ, and through Christ. There's no way to get to the Father except by him. Well, the Father's invisible spirit. Jesus is a manifestation of that one single spirit. Same one. Not a different spirit. Not God Jr. Not, not Father Jr. The Son's not second person of the Godhead. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That old man, Adam. That the body of sin. Where was that sin? In your mind? A bag of flesh you carried around? No. It was in your heart. In your spirit. In your, in, in, when it talks about having that, uh, uh, if you're, that conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God. That's your human spirit. In that human spirit, you've got communion. You're going to commune with some spirit down here. You've got a conscience. And you've got intuition. Intuitions where the faith is held, not in the mind, but in the spirit. That's the reason a person can have strokes and lose and, and don't even know, have no knowledge of any person around them and still be able to quote scriptures because it's out of the heart that it proceeds. And that's the reason, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Jesus, that's with him, that the body of sin, that body of sin, that Lamb of God, take away that sin of the world, but you have to get in him. You've got to be buried with him. That body be dead. That, and he says that you should no longer serve sin. Why? Because you reckon yourself dead. You're buried with Jesus. That death burial. How do you get in that burial? How do you reckon yourself dead? By baptism. And when it just alluded over it, said, oh, no, that's a work. No, it's not. That's obedience. Obedience is not work. It's obedience to the leading of the Holy Ghost, which he's already done. He's the one that died. He was the one that buried. He was the one that rose again. How do you get into it? Well, you repented. And then what? How did, what's this baptism do? You're buried with him. Simply by through the act of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, which name is Jesus. Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Peter having that keys to the kingdom. Acts 2.38 knew exactly what uh, Matthew wrote there in Matthew 28:19, Go ye into all the world, teaching them to observe all things which I have commanded, commanded you, baptizing them in the name, singular, of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, which name is Jesus. And along with you always until the end of the world. Amen. Well, he said here that the body of the sin might be destroyed. How? By baptism. That henceforth we should not serve sin. Well, if you're not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, friend, you're going to serve sin because you have not had the body 
of the sin of the flesh destroyed yet. That's only by baptism. You can ask Jesus to come into your heart a thousand times. You can pray, and that's all good. But the biblical way that the body of the sins of the flesh is destroyed is by baptism. There is no other way. Paul states it here. What know you not that as many as you were baptized were baptized into Jesus' death, buried with him in baptism? What? That you should not serve sin. That's the only way to get the body of sin destroyed. Otherwise, it's going to be there. It's going to manifest. You'll have to go to the altar all the time and say, Lord, I, uh, you know, you're, if you said if we're faithful and confess our sins, you're faithful and just cleanses us from all sin. Yeah, that's a First John 1, 9, it's forever. Rededicate your body ever, you know, uh, life again to God over and over again because it's impossible to keep from that sin, that dominion of sin over your life without that body of the sin being destroyed. And there's only one way to do it. Paul said right here, it's through baptism. You're buried with him. You're buried with him in baptism. Why? That henceforth, verse 6, that's Romans 6, verse 6, that henceforth we should not serve sin. How? Is that a work you did? No. It's what he's done. He's the one who died. He was the one buried. He was the one born and rose again. All you're doing is through this obedience is buried with him. You don't have to get up on a cross and die. He did it. But you've got to be buried with him. He tells you how. By baptism. That's a doctrine of baptism. Someone said, we don't need that as doctrine. The only thing you use is repent. No, there's a doctrine of baptism, friend. Hebrews 6, verse 1. Let us go into perfection. Therefore, leaving the first principles or oracles of God, let us go into perfection. You know. And that is that doctrine of laying on hands, the doctrine of baptisms. What's the doctrine of baptism? The body, the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. How? By baptism. Why? That you should not serve sin. That body has to be destroyed. There's only one way, by baptism. He said, if, for he that is dead is free from sin. How did you get dead? You were buried with him in baptism. That's the only way. And everybody just skips over it and says, oh, no, baptism is a work. No, it's not. It's obedience. Obedience is not work. He's already done the work. <laughs> He's already done the work. Now, if we be dead with Christ, how do we get there? Body of sins, the flesh destroyed. Henceforth, we will not serve sin anymore. That body, that old Adam, is destroyed by baptism. We believe that we shall also live with him. If he, we died with him, he was raised, we're going to live. Because he lives, we live. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, death dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. That man, Christ Jesus, lives unto God forever. Likewise reckon you also, likewise reckon us. We are to reckon. What's work, what work are we doing there? Oh, we're just reckoning this. Our mindset. Reckon you also yourselves to be dead. Indeed, unto sin. 
Why? Because you were buried with him in baptism. But alive unto God through what? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Just as Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. How? You got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. How do we know that? We find that in Acts 9. Paul going up to, on that Damascus road. He tells account of it again. In Acts 22, he gives account of it. Here's a man who's seen God. He has seen that great light blinded him. Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord Jesus? Lord God Almighty, he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. He has seen God. He knows the name of God. He's told what his call is to do, that he will be a, a literal uh, witness of that truth. And he is healed of his blindness, and still his sin remained. Why? Because he hadn't been baptized yet. Ananias says to him, after he's healed, immediately after three days being blind, he's healed. And then Ananias says unto Saul, turn Paul of Tarsus. Brother Saul, why tarryest thou? Arise. Be baptized. Washing away your sins. Calling upon the name of the Lord. That's the only way to do it. Paul was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But we're told, oh, no, baptism has nothing to do. That's a work. No, it's not. It's obedience. Obedience is not a work of the law. It's a work that accompanies salvation through the leading of the Holy Ghost. We're saying right here. Why? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That's something you can do now. Why? You've got the power. Now don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Why? That you should obey it in the lust thereof, the lust of the flesh. Well, how did you get of it? Neither yield you your members as instruments unto unrighteousness unto sin. How'd you get rid of that? But yield yourselves unto God. Why? Because the body, the sins of the flesh is dead. Now, you've got power to live to God. You've got power to yield, not works. Yield. If I'm yielding to something, it's already done. This one's coming along. I yield to it. I give myself to what that one's already done. I yield. Well, the work's already been done, completed. Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection on the cross manifest in these last days for us. For what? All we do now is yield. It's not our works that we've done. Not of works of righteousness which we've done. But through faith in the finished work on Calvary. What he did. So we yield our members as servants to obey. Obey, obedience is not works. Obedience is the compelling moving of the Holy Ghost in us. It's reflection on our heart. How to begin in that heart, that circumcision of that heart. That body of sins was cut off in the heart, in the spirit of man, not with me saying, Jesus come into my heart. That's not the biblical way. I have to be buried. I take that body of the sins and I bury it. Buried with Christ Jesus in baptism. That the body of the sins of the flesh is destroyed. Romans 6, 4. Now he says, whosoever you yield your members as servants, they are of the, you are the servants to whom you obey. But now yield your members to God. Don't do it to the flesh now because you have power over that flesh. Not me, but the Christ in me does. The Holy Ghost in me does. 
For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law now, under grace. And grace reigns through this righteousness, the work that he's done on Calvary. Came from God, died, buried, rose again, went back to God. Now he has prepared a place for us and through his righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Tendeskinu, Jesus. We're made righteous in and through faith that he gave us to begin with. Dealt every man the measure of faith. What then shall we sin? Because that we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid, Paul said. Verse 16, know ye not, very important, that to whom you yield, that's not works that you've done. You yield to what he's doing through you. The power of God and salvation is not you. It's a power of God. Be strong in the power of his might, not yours, his might. It's God that's working in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. You just yield to it. Do his will and he is, he, he is well pleased for his namesake. He's glorified on your behalf because of this, seeing the good works that you do and glorifying your Father which is in heaven. Not you, but God through you, Christ through you. And it says, Know ye not that to whom you yield. This is verse, uh, if you take a look there, Romans 6, verse 16. Very important. This is not works that we do, but it is obedience that is required in obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost, for many as are led. Well, somebody's leading me. All I've got to do is follow. It's not me. I'm just following him. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants are ye to whom you obey. I can still go to the flesh. I'm not a robot. I can still go to the pleasures of sin for a season in the flesh, the lust of the flesh, but now I have a power that 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 uh, sin having dominion over me is gone. I was buried with him in the, in the name of Jesus Christ by baptism. Buried with Christ. The body of the sins of the flesh destroyed. Whether I can either go to whether of sin unto death, still, that's my option, or of obedience unto righteousness. I'd rather go obedience unto righteousness through the power of God, not through my works, through the works of the Holy Ghost working in and through you, the believer. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart, not the mind. Well, I'm going to try to live this thing. Forget it. You're not going to live it. Yeah. It's only through him, by him and in him, Christ, that you can live this God life. And it's not you, it's Christ in you. You simply obey. You simply yield. <laughs> it says you've obeyed from the heart, from your spirit, your human spirit, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Somebody said, this was not doctrine. Yes, it is. This is the doctrine of Christ. In him, by him, and through him, in whom you are saved. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by baptism. Raised in the news of life because he lives, you live. Being then made free from sin, watch it now, verse 18, you became the servants of righteousness. That means you're going to serve one or the other. You're either going to serve God and obedience unto righteousness, or we're going to be servants of sin unto death, carnal-minded. 
We cannot lie, cheat, steal, and think we're going to make heaven. But I can't do it through my own flesh. I can only do it through in and by Christ, through him, by him, and in him. And that's where we have told the body of Christ that it's not these works that you do. Well, they accompany salvation, but they're, it's, you're already saved, so therefore, well, it's the truth of that, but it, then you have to obey. How does it say here? How do you get to with, follow peace with all men and without holiness in which no man shall see the Lord? Well, how do you get to holiness? Well, let's see. Paul's telling us exactly how to do it. Simply yield. He's already done the work. He said, now you become the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity and to iniquity, lawlessness, not obeying nothing, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness under what? Under holiness, the divine nature of God. So why does he give us these scriptures? These exceedingly great and precious promises given to us, First Peter said. That we can escape the corruption of the world through lust. That we might be made partakers of his divine nature. Not ours. His. So there's works that accompany salvation. It's through obedience. Not works which we have done, unless any man should boast. It's Christ in you. Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. He was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. He was raised in the newness of life. But Christ liveth in me. Well, what happens now? And the life I now live, I live by the faith. Where'd you get the faith? Of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. He did it for you. Paul's telling us exactly how to do it here. Under holiness. Well, for when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. That had no hold on you at all. God's rod is not upon the head of the wicked. Only on the ride, the ride, the chastening rod of God is only on those who he loves. Only those ones that are in the body of Christ. What fruit had you then in those things where you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin, you become servants to God. A service. How do you serve? How are you a servant? You follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Well, it's not your works. It's what God has already done. Servants unto God and have your fruit unto, the fruit of the Spirit unto holiness, the divine nature of God. And the end, it yields everlasting life. Now, how plain and simple can that be? (laughs) The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through, in, and by Jesus Christ our Lord. So I submit to you, if you get a New Testament, just put in by, in, and through Christ. Through the work, what he has done. And you're complete in him, in him, by him through him. And it's all done. All you have to do is yield in obedience. That's all. It's not a big, it's not a big thing. Oh, well, uh, baptism, that's a work, so don't do that. That's a work. It has nothing to do with salvation. It's just something that you 
do because you're saved. No. That's directly against, contrary to the word of God. Peter, having the keys of the kingdom, said, Acts 2.38, they were pricked in their heart and said, men and brethren, what must we do? Peter, who had the keys of the kingdom, standing up along with the other 11, the other 11 were there, Matthew was there. He didn't say, no, Peter, you've got it wrong. You need to be baptized by the Son of the Holy Ghost. No, because he knew that Peter was right in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost as Jesus. And Peter said, repent. Well, that's the first step. That is, and that feast of Passover, that's the first thing you fulfill, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, which is the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Why? For the remission of your sins. The body of the sins of the flesh cut off, circumcised. That is, uh, buried with him in baptism. Romans 6. We just read it. Well, that's born of the water for the remission of your sins. Well, some of you, my Bible said, because your sins are remitted. No. Go back to the original text for the remission of your sins. Now you're buried with Jesus in baptism. Romans 6, 1 through 6. Why? That you should no longer serve sin because the body of sins is destroyed. So you don't have to serve it anymore. There's only one way, and that's by baptism. Somebody said, well, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Well, you did, right? The, the first, the feast of Passover, uh, that eating of the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood of the Son of Man, and those seven feasts, you've done the first one. You've repented. That's wonderful. That is a definite move of God. You have obeyed. Then, But then you have to have what? Born of the water and the Spirit. You have to be buried with him in baptism. That is the feast of unleavened bread. Then, that's water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to see that in Acts 2.38, uh, Acts 8.16, Acts 10, Acts uh, 19. Uh, you're going to see it with Paul himself, Saul of Tarsus, Acts 22, etc. On and on. Everyone everywhere has always been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Born of the water. And then they're raised in the newness of life. The body of the sins of the flesh is destroyed. Then they go on the fourth feast and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're born of the water and the spirit. You have literally partaking of the first four feasts of the Lord, which is the feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, burial, raised in the new feast of first fruits, Jesus first begotten of the dead, and feast of weeks. That is the feast of Pentecost. Well, how did you get into it? Repentance. And then baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, buried with him in, in uh, baptism. That the body of the sins of the flesh destroyed, raised in the newness of life. The body of the sins of the flesh destroyed, and you receive the Holy Ghost. You've partaken of four of those feasts. There still remains three more feasts yet to go in obedience. Not of our works, but through what he's already paid for, simply in us yielding to the leading of the Holy Ghost. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, who's doing the works? He is. The life I now live, Paul said, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So therefore you see that it's not of works that we do, but Christ through you, and you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Well, no, you're not. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. We see uh, therein 
you find that in in First uh, Corinthians six nineteen et cetera on. Uh, you're going to see also uh, there in Second Corinthians. Uh, and and here again, it's not of works lest we should boast. It's simply through the leading of the Holy Ghost. And if somebody's leading us, it's not us, it's him. So take a look at 2 Corinthians 13. I'm just giving you a few. There's many more scriptures. We're just hitting uh, the, the, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, for verbal. But, and this is verse 15. Well, let's go to verse 5. I'm sorry. Uh, here it says in verse 5, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, examine yourself introspection examine ourselves whether we be in the faith now where did we get the faith Jesus gave it to us God has dealt to every man the measure of faith who gave it to us God did but how do we examine ourselves well uh, the, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit they were children of God well we examine ourselves and prove your own selves how do you prove your own self 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Know ye not that your own, your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you. That is the spirit of his son. That is Galatians 4, verse 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. Spirits, human spirits, whereby we say, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, is Daddy. You have a close relationship. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You examine yourselves. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. In other words, except you being outside of the body of Christ, you think you're in, but you're not. It's not just repentance. There are seven feasts of the Lord not the feast of Israel, not the feast of the church, the feast of the Lord, whereby we eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood of the Son of Man. And he said, but I trust you shall know that we are not reprobates. Paul said, we've got this Spirit of God in us, the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ in us, that is Jesus in you. Now I pray to God that you do no evil. Do no evil? Somebody said, shun the very prince of evil, see no evil. Speak no evil, do no evil. Well, that's true. Now you have the power to do it. He's giving you the car and doesn't expect you to paddle it down the road yourself. He's given to the engine. All you've got to do is obey. He's going. He's the one leading, driving you. Get in there in the vehicle and go for the ride. Simply yielding in obedience to the leading of the Holy Ghost. For God worketh in you. He's the one working. God worketh in you. Work out your own salvation not plan of salvation, work out your own salvation with trembling and fear, for it's God that worketh in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure, not yours, not mine, not of our works. He said, pray that, now I pray to God that you do no evil, nor that you should appear approved, but that you should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. Well, Paul went through as uh, the offscoring. He went through uh, being defamed, lied, cheated on, uh, literally troubled on every side, but not in distress, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You see, we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. And that, for a light affliction, which was only but for a moment, yields to us a more exceeding and eternal weight, provides for us an exceedingly weight, a weight of glory. And he says here, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak, you are strong. For this also we wish, even your perfection. Now, Jesus said, be you perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And that perfection is uh, certainly attainable, but not through our works. That's heresy, thinking you can do it on your own. You can never do it on your own. But he said, be you perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. But you do it through the Spirit of God, leading and guiding us, growing up in him in all things. Unto a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, you were foreordained for that. And they're saying, oh, no, you, you can't be perfect. Well, if you can't, Jesus said, gave you a, a commandment which you cannot attain. Paul put it this way. For whom the Lord did foreknow them, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. And them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Now, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. What does that mean? It means God's doing it all. The excellency of the power is not us, not of works which we have done. The excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit. Where's that spirit? Spirit of the Lord's in you. But we all with open face beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord are changed, changed from glory to glory into the image of Jesus Christ. From glory to glory, it gets higher and higher progressive in the glory. Into the image of Jesus Christ uh, unto a perfect image of Jesus Christ. How? Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Not of our works. It's done by the Spirit. All we're doing is yielding to it. So don't let any man tell you there's no works of the company salvation. And these, the baptism is and is a doctrine that is essential and apologetics and the doc, doctrines of dogmas in the truth of Jesus Christ that has to be obeyed. It's not a work. It's obedience. But we're told, by, well, obedience is works. No, it's not. It's simply obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost, which is when you don't do it, it's called iniquity, lawlessness. You're not following the leading of the Holy Ghost. Then if you don't, Yield your members as servants unto God, then it's unto sin, unto death. And that's carnal mindedness. But Paul said, We speak better things of you to go on yielding your members as obedience, obedience unto righteousness, servants of righteousness now, unto holiness. Now he says, Therefore I write unto you these things, being absent yet being present. Should you sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. How do you be perfect? Have this mind be in you. Paul 
Paul himself said, I'm not perfect yet, neither have I already attained. But I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. Notice he didn't say, I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm doing it by myself. God, he said, I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of him, of God himself. I'm reaching forth of those things which are before, forgetting the things which are behind. Those are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far. Who gave you that? Who gave it to Paul? Who gave it to you? God did. He dealt to every man the measure of faith. Whatever he's called you for, he's given you the faith to obtain it. It's not you. It's the faith he's given you. You live by the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you. Just as Paul said in Galatians 2.20. So, there, they be perfect. Peter put it this way, that after you suffered for a while, God make you perfect, establish strength, and settle you. After you suffered for a while, yes, if you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. Why the sufferings? Well, it's destruction of the flesh. First Peter 4.1 says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Somebody said, I don't know I was called for that. Well, you're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his sake. Suffering for him? Yes, if you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. Because tribulation worketh patience, patience worketh experience, experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. But let patience have a perfect work. You add to your faith. That's something that you add through the working of the Holy Ghost, not you. Add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience. Patience, godliness, that's a God life. Christ in you. It's not you, it's Christ through you. Then, uh, brotherly kindness, and finally, charity. Charity is uh, that love of God working in and through you. Not that you first loved God, not of your works, but that he first loved you and gave himself for you. He said, now God make you perfect. Be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace. Well, we're called to that perfection. And that's the reason he gave some apostles, Ephesians 4.12. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints. Well, if you couldn't be perfecting it, that and come unto perfection to the unto a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and to the knowledge of the Son of God, which means uh, into a perfect image of Christ, he would have never given you the power to do it. He gave you the power to do it and said, Now you do it in and through him, by him and in Christ, that you will accomplish it. In Ephesians. Uh, it's, it's, it's another one. I'll give you a few scriptures there as we close in this podcast. And he says there in, in Ephesians 4 and verse uh, 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. There's that old man again. How do you get that? The old man might be crucified. Romans 6. How? By baptism. Second... Uh, uh, Corinthians 5 uh, 17 uh, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself but now we are in Christ's head he's given us that word of reconciliation why because it's Christ through you now you're crucified with Christ he lives in and through you Jesus is only revealed now in and through the body of Christ as a living epistle you're the lively stones you're built up a spiritual house whereby we offer praises unto God and the people see your good works and glorify the Lord Jesus in heaven. You're a living epistle. And he said, 
that you put off concerning the former conversations, Ephesians 4, verse 22, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust of lust, the lust of the flesh, pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the world, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Well, well how'd you get renewed in the spirit of your mind? Well, Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means you present your bodies there that you're dead to sin. Reckon yourself dead unto sin, but alive unto God. What do you, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies, the temple of the Holy Ghost, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's not your works, it's simply obedience. And be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, all we have to do is seek him now. I said, well, it's out there, you know, uh, must believe that he is and a reward of them that diligently seek him. Those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Well, seek him then. And he said, now uh, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God is. How do you know what the perfect will of God is? Through the word. I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. You overcome through the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Where's the blood of the, where is the blood of the lamb? The blood in the New Testament given for you. So it joins you with the Lord God in his word. And that's the reason, search the scriptures in them, we think we have eternal life, and these are they that testify of Jesus. The whole volume of the book is written of him. By him, through him, and in him are we saved. He's the one that's done the works. All we do is follow in these so-called works that accompany salvation. Yes, in obedience. Obedience is not works of the flesh. It's not a works of the law. It's simply obedience to the truth. And he said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Well, now that is a mind. It's something we have to do now. Well, how do you get rid of the body of the sins of the flesh? Well, you didn't do it by saying Jesus coming to your heart. You didn't do it by saying I said the sinner's prayer. I'm going to give you the scripture again that goes with Romans 2, 28 and 29 that you are a Jew that is one inwardly in the circumcision of the heart and the spirit. How'd you do that? Romans 6, baptized into Christ's death, buried with him in baptism, by baptism. That's the only way. And that's if what you should not serve sin any longer. The body of sins of flesh destroyed. Take a look at Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. Paul puts it this way. And you are complete in him. Nothing in, nothing outside of him. It's in him, by him, and through Christ alone which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Well, you can't do it. It's made without hands. It's not any physical thing you can do of works of yourself. Well, what is he talking about here? It is uh, there that, that circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Christ is going to do this. It's not you. All you're going to do is obedience to baptism. 
He's the one doing the works. Christ, a circumcised means to cut. He's going to cut something. What? He says through what? He said Colossians 2, 11, in whom you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Christ is going to cut it off. How? Verse, verse 12, by baptism. There we go again. Oh, well, our church says, our pastor says, our denomination says, we need to come out of the denominations and things of men. Simply believe the word. If it says it, do it. He's the one that's already done it in him, by him, and through Christ our Lord. It says, buried with him in baptism. Somebody said, that's the washing of water of the word. No, it's baptism in the name of Jesus Christ by born of the water. You'll find that in Acts 2, 38, Acts 8, 16, Acts 10, Acts 10 of the house of Cornelius. They had received the Holy Ghost. While Peter was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on him, them, and they heard him speak in other tongues. Peter said, can any man forbid water, H2O, water, that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he didn't say, well, you're saved. You don't need anything else. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 19. We have certain brethren. They had believed. They had repented. But they weren't born again. What did Paul say? Well, y'all believe that's okay. No, he said in Acts the 19th chapter, he came upon certain brother, being about 12, said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, sirs, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. We don't know what you're talking about. Paul said unto them, what were you baptized? Why? Because baptism takes care of the body of the sins of the flesh and cut off by Christ. Somebody said, that's not faith. Oh, it's not. Now, they take a look here. It says, buried with him in baptism, Colossians 2.12, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith, through the faith. In what? The faith of the operation of God. This is God doing the operation. This is God, Lord himself, Christ, cutting off the foreskin of your heart, the body of the sins of the flesh being cut off through the operation. God takes a spiritual a scaffold, scissors, knife, and cuts off <laughs> the body of the sins of the flesh from your spirit. You can't do it. I can't do it. It's through faith in his name. By baptism, which baptism doth also now save. It's not to put away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. What? Having your conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God. How? That the body of the sins of the flesh are destroyed through faith of the operation of God when he raised him from the dead. That's Colossians 2.12. And I said, well, I don't believe it. Well, friend, there's the only way you're going to have that spiritual circumcision of the heart. That circumcision made without hands. It's through faith in that operation. This is through faith in the operation of God that raised him from the dead. It's Christ that gives us a spiritual circumcision made without hands. And when you go under that watery grave, buried with him in baptism, right there at that, that body of the sins of the flesh is destroyed. 
cut off, circumcised by that circumcision made without hands. It's not saying Jesus coming to my heart. No, what happens in baptism? You're destroying the body, the sins of the flesh. It's being cut off, circumcised by the operation of God. But I got to have faith. It's through faith in that operation of God. I believe God raised him from the dead. Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. John 2. He did it. Well, what happened? I believe that. So, therefore, when I uh, repented, I went on and got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Born of the water. For the remission of my sins. The body of sins, the flesh cut off. Romans 6, 1 through 4. Colossians 2, 10 through 12. And now, I've had that that uh, uh, circumcision of the heart, that body of the sins flesh, that old man buried with him in baptism. Romans 6, 1 through 4. Now, Paul says to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 4, verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man. Put on the new man? As many as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, just like he put on a coat. Is that something you work to do? No. He's the one that did it. It's a circumcision made without hands. Circumcision of Christ. It's through faith and operation of God. Colossians 2, 12. Ephesians 4, verse 24. And that you put on the new man, which after God, not after you, after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's the new man inside you. It's created. Created of who? After God. He that's joined the Lord is one spirit. Now you're joined to the Lord. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you. And you put on that new man that new man, though the outward man perishes, yet the new man, the inward man, is renewed day by day. How renewing? Through renewing, washing, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The washing of the water of the Word. And regeneration, renewal of the Holy Ghost. Well, it says here, you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. What's true holiness? God's divine nature working in and through you to bring you where you can be partakers of his divine nature, not of your works, lest any man should boast. That away, and then they said, because that, wherefore, because of that, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Somebody said, well, those are commands of God. I've, that's some work I've got to do. No. It's Christ in you. Now you have the power to do all through Christ, in Christ, and by Christ. So we're saying that obedience is not works of the law. Obedience accompanies Obedience is to the leading of the Holy Ghost, which the one it's created after God, that inward man, the new man, you inside you, is created after God in true righteousness and holiness. And there's no other way, friend. When we take a look here at, uh, at Titus, 
Titus 3, and because Christ is in you, because you have been born again of the water and the spirit, and Christ in you, is in you the hope of glory. He tells Titus, uh, this is Titus 3, uh, verse 8. This is the faithful saying, Paul said, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God, trusted in the to it and through obedience, not of works lest we've done, lest any man should boast, that, that believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. What, through us? Through our own self? No. Through this new man, the inward man that we put on this new man, which after God is created in true holiness, in righteousness and true holiness. Be careful to maintain good works. And this is the reason why in, in, in Revelation, second and the third chapter, he said, I know thy works. To Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, I know thy works. Every church, Jesus said, I have, I know thy works. Sardis, I have uh, there, that fifth one. And I have not found thy works perfect. He expect perfect works. Why? Because it's Christ in you. It's not you. It's not your works that you've done, but the Christ in you. He's there to lead you and guide you into all truth, growing up into him in all things that you're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. In James, and you've heard this a thousand times, faith without works is dead, and, and they'll say, well, no time will you ever see uh, that faith is not accompanied with works. Well, faith is from God first and foremost. Faith is uh, the power of God and the salvation that he gives to you. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. What is that faith? Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. What we see is temporal. The things which are unseen, there are the eternal when we see Jesus is going to the cross, they have walked with Jesus three and a half years, beginning his ministry around the age of 30. Three and a half years cut off in the midst of the week. Three and a half years. Jesus going to the cross. And at that time, they're going there. He said uh, there uh, that I pray the Father give you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it saith him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for the dwelling with him shall be in you. I will not leave you comforts. I will come to you. That's Christ in you. Now he's going to the cross. And he says, I have many things to tell you disciples. What? We've already been. They could say, Lord, we've been with you for three and a half years. We've seen the miracles. We've seen you with the finger of God casting out devils, knowing the kingdom of God's come nigh. We know that you know all things, John 16. We know that you're glorified with the Father's own self, and that's where you go to your Father, glorified with the Father's own self, John 16, John 17, 5. And yet there's still many things yet we need to know. So I have many things to tell you. That's the voice of the Lord. But you're not able to bear them now. Not able to bear it. Yeah, we've got to grow. 
We've got to grow up in him. We've got to go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Well, where do we get this faith? From the Lord. To whom the half shall be given. Who's giving it? Jesus is. Are you doing it? No. You're just obeying. He's giving you more. Take heed how you hear it. With the same measure you meet with all shall be measured to you again. To him that hath shall be given. He'll have the more. More and more. All you have to do is obey God. So the more we obey God, the more revelation he gives us because we're not only called and chosen, but, but faithful in that calling. And faithful means we're simply obeying him. It's not of works that we can boast. When uh, James puts it this way, he said, uh, James 1, verse uh, 22 but be ye doers of the word, not just a hearer of the word, a doer of the word. Because your faith that he's given you, that you love God and you believe God, and you're going to keep his commandments because what if he tells you is for your good, for your benefit. And these commandments are not grievous. The way of a transgressor is hard. Take my yoke. And learn of me, Jesus said, for my yoke is easy, my burden's light. But the way of a transgressor is hard. He gives us the way, truth, and life for us to live the God life, which is the only pure peace and holiness and good and and godliness that we can do, not for no through us, but through Him, by Him and in Him. <laughs> and I want to stress that all of this is by Jesus, in Jesus, and through Jesus, not of works lest any man should boast. Not even we can't even say we love God first. But he first loved us, therefore died for us. And yet, while we were yet sinners, so it's nothing we can say. But be you doers of the word. James 1, verse 22. And not hearers only, doing what? Deceiving your own selves. Now, I'm afraid that what this doctrine of faith plus of nothing equals salvation. Deceiving your own selves. Friend, Obedience is not works. Baptism is a doctrine. A doctrine of baptisms. Whenever it says Hebrews 6 verse 1, it says, Leaving therefore the first principles or oracles of God, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of, of faith, faith toward God, of, of dead works and a faith toward God and the doctrine of laying on the hands and of baptisms. That's a doctrine. And of the resurrection and eternal judgment, this will be due if God permit. Those are all doctrines. Doctrines of baptism, doctrine of laying on the hands, of eternal judgment, of resurrection. That's true. Let us go on to perfection. Well, what is that Perfection. It's growing up into him and all things from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And we're saying, well, obedience is work, so I can't be baptized. Well, you've only done one feast of the Lord in repentance. Just like they did in Acts uh, the 19th chapter. Paul didn't say, hey, brethren, you're saved and sanctified and on your way to heaven. They had, they come up there and he said, have y'all received? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? 
almost put a southern tactic in their uh, vernacular of you all. But have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, sirs, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. Well, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. And the Spirit that dwelled in, in Jesus also dwells in you. It shall also quicken and make alive your mortal body. You've got to have that, that Holy Ghost, that Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Without it, it's impossible to be saved. That is the resurrection and the life. That literally, Jesus, he that had part in the first resurrection, on says the second death, hath no power. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. That's not you. That's Christ in you. Paul, seeing these certain brethren, said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? How did he know they didn't have the Holy Ghost? Well, he didn't see the fruits of it. He didn't see anybody, hear anybody talking in tongues, prophesying. None of the gifts of the Spirit were operation. He said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He said, Sir, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. We don't even know what you're talking about. He said, Under then, what were you baptized? Oh, well, baptism, that's just the word. That's just something that you do uh, to affirm your faith in Jesus. It has nothing to do with salvation. That is a lie. It is a doctrine of baptism. There's no other way to have the body of the sins of the flesh destroyed. There's no other way to have the circumcision made without hands. That's circumcision of Christ and putting off the, the body of the sins of the flesh in the heart. That heart has to be circumcised. The only way you can believe with the heart that God raised him from the dead is through that heart being circumcised. It's not of you, not of your works. It's the circumcision of Christ in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by baptism. Colossians 2.12. But we've all heard, oh no, that's works. Oh, you're deceiving yourselves. Paul didn't go on to say, well, you've repented, so you're saved. No, he didn't. Because you hadn't been born of the water and the spirit yet. You've repented. That's wonderful. You've had a change. Yes. But there's more. There's more truth. You've got to obey. Works? No. Obey? Yes. Obedience is not works. It's yielding to the truth of God in Christ, through Christ, and, and, and by Him. It's Christ in you. This is a circumcision made without hands. This is a circumcision of Christ. This is faith in the operation of God that raised Him from the dead. If I believe in my heart, how? By baptism. That God raised him from the dead. Why? Because I have I have yielded to it. I've obeyed. Born of the water. So Paul asked him, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? He said, Sir, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said, then what were you baptized? He said, under John's baptism, we sure enough did. <laughs> under John's baptism, well, Paul's got to do some preaching here. And we need more preaching in the church and the truth. Somebody said, well, we only can go 30 minutes or an hour because what the man can conceive and it can only believe for 30 minutes. Well, that's where we're wrong. And Paul preaching all, you know, being about midnight, you know, uh, Eutychus falls out of the third, third law at Troas, and he, he's dead. Paul said, trouble not yourselves, goes over there. He fell out of the third law. Paul said, trouble not yourselves, laughs him, goes over, raises him from the dead and then preaches until the break of day. That's an all-night service. I'm afraid that not too many churches would still be able to hear that word for that long. Not used to it. Used to a 30-minute 
two to three hours of singing, 30 minutes worth of preaching. And very then said, well, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do. Do. It's obedience. It's not works. It's obedience. So Paul then said, unto then what were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism, Acts 19. Well, he has to do some preaching. Well, John truly did, John the Baptist, truly did baptize with water under repentance. You've got that covered. But saying that you should look on him, that should come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. Then he preached to them Jesus Christ, and they were baptized. Well, they saw that this is a commandment. Repent and be baptized. That's not a suggestion. That is a commandment. And his commandments are not grievous. Therefore are good. Why? So we get the body, the sins of the flesh destroyed by baptism. Romans 2, 28 and 29. Romans 6, 1 through 6. Colossians 2, 10 through 12. And on and on through the book of Acts. Here we are in Acts the 19th chapter. So Paul baptizes them in the name of Jesus Christ. Then laid hands on them. That's a doctrine of laying on the hands. You know, imparting the Spirit of God upon them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with tongues and prophesied. Now they have repented. They've been born of the water in the name of Jesus Christ and received the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Well, and there's still three more feasts to, to follow in the leading of the Holy Ghost, which is upon the body of Christ. But we have to get these fundamentals before we can go on to perfection in the Feast of Trumpets and Ministry Voice of Jesus. In, in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3, the second and third chapter of Revelation. Because he speaks to them, that's the voice of the Son of God. The time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the, of the Son of God shall live. And then he tells them what it takes to overcome. And I haven't found your works perfect. He's looking for perfect works. Well, if we don't even know that he requires this, not works which we've done, but obedience to and in and by the Spirit of God, Christ in you, then we're going to miss out on the whole thing of overcoming. And that's what the devil's thinking. He's got the churches baffled, hoodwinked, and that you don't have to do this. But it's for our benefit to growing up into him and the glory to obtaining the glory. In, in 1 Corinthians 2, it goes on about, you know, this is a mystery of wisdom. That mystery of wisdom? That's yeah, in him which are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What's that mystery of wisdom? That mystery of wisdom, if you take a look, and hold, we'll hold a finger there. I just want to read that to you right quick. That mystery of wisdom, and that wisdom is not us. That, that wisdom is Christ. Jesus, not of, not of anything that we've done with the wisdom of God. When you see that uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7, well, verse 6, Howbeit we speak, this is Paul speaking, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. In other words, that are pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Those are the ones that are pressing toward that mark, realizing there's a higher glory to the image of Jesus Christ in that perfect image. And he's speaking to those that are perfect, that understand we've got to go higher, but it's not through our works. It's through his leading. 
He's getting us there. God working in us both the will and do of his good pleasure. God literally bringing us all through the work of the Holy Ghost unto perfection. Not us. He said, I speak this wisdom, this wisdom among them that are perfect. Not, not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. At us, that's all vanity. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. That's hidden wisdom in Christ. To those that have an ear to hear. Which God ordained before the world unto what? Unto our glory. This is for us. He's working in us for us to be the glory to be revealed in his saints. The church of the living God. And this is now being revealed to us by the Spirit of God. Yea, the deep things of God. That's a faith that was once delivered to the saints. Jesus had many things to tell you, disciples. You're not able to bear them now. But when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, he'll speak of me. For all this Father's given is given unto me. And will show you things that will come to pass. Paul put it this way. I have not seen nor ear heard. We were just there. 1 Corinthians 2. Neither hath, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that God had prepared for them that love him, but is revealed by the Spirit. The Spirit's revealing it now. Yea, the deep things of God. That deep, you have to liken him to a wise man who dig deep and founded a rock. Not on the surface, dig deep, searching for it. Diligently seeking the Lord your God. What's going to happen? You're going to get the fruit of it. Peaceful fruits of, of holiness, righteousness unto holiness. The glory to be revealed in his saints. So it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's Revelation 1 verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him, John, to show unto his servants things. That much, that's the things of faith. The deep things of God. Things that must shortly come to pass. He said and signified it by his angel and John. There's more things for the body of Christ. But the first is we've got to understand these principles of the doctrine of Christ. And apparently many churches and bishops and apostles said, well, no, Jesus believe them. You don't have to obey God. There's no yielding to this. It's just things that you're already saved. So because of it, Everything here has to do with salvation. If you don't believe it, read Matthew 7 when he says the ones that call him Lord, Lord, said, depart from me, you that work iniquity. You're not led of the Spirit of God and there there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Is it something we worry about? Oh, no perfect love casteth out fear. God's given us not fear, but love, power, and of a sound mind. Knowing these things are freely given to us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. God's got you. He's, <laughs> all you have to do is yield to the spirit of God in that leading and obey him. And the more you obey, the more he's going to give you. It's just that simple. Well, James says, be ye doers of the word. And not a hearer only. Deceiving your own selves. I'm a, and really... A pastor that does not, or a leader, or a bishop, or anyone that tells you, you know, 
Take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. And that blood in the New Testament, all things that are, are lived, given to us freely that we are to yield to and obey. That's not works we've done. It's Christ in you. But we're deceiving. What? I tell them not to be a doer of the word. Just don't worry about it. Well, we're not worried about it. But we're simply going to obey unto righteousness, obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, Romans 6, and glorifying God all the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. It's all in Him, by Him, and through Him, neighbor. It's not anything else. Anybody tells you difference? Deceit, deceiving your own self. I'm afraid. Well, they're, they're sincere. Well, yes. Everybody behind a pulpit, hopefully, is sincere in what they believe. Otherwise, they shouldn't be there. But why would you have over 32,000 different denominations in this world if everyone's speaking the same thing in truth because deceiving our own selves? So therefore, we have to lean not to our own understanding, but whatever the Word of God says and do it. And obey it. Simply there. What does he say? For if any man be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Notice, we all the open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. But what if we just look in that and turn around and walk off? We don't constantly stay in there seeking the Lord 24-7, 365. Say, well, now, I'm going to live for God on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, that's my day. It's my days, and I'm going to, off to work I go, because I owe, I owe, I owe. Thinking that gain is godliness, this prosperity, gospel, which is <laughs> is nothing but vomit before God. <laughs> Many have erred thinking that gain is godliness. From such, turn away. If riches do increase, don't set your heart upon them. God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Those that are in poverty are rich in faith. So it's not, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not in your bank account. You want to believe, somebody said, I don't believe God for, believe it. If that's what you want, we're believing God for righteousness. <laughs> True holiness. Simply in obeying the commandments of God. Anyone that's rich toward himself and not rich toward God, I'm afraid he's going to find himself like that rich man out there. The grounds of a rich man brought forth plentifully. He said, what shall I do? I have much good. I know what I'll do. I'll be a good businessman. I'll pull down my barns and I'll build greater. Because my pastor said, all the world and everything I want is mine. Just think and believe and it'll be yours. I read Norman Vincent Peale, Think and Grow Rich. So what the man can conceive and believe it will achieve. I'm going to get it. <laughs> oh, boy. Look out for number one. That's a golden rule. Who, he who has the gold makes the rules. Look out for number one, because if you don't, nobody else will. That's a worldly way, friend. That is a, that's a gospel according to the world. And it's put by the pulpit now saying that's the truth. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're deceiving themselves. Well, that rich man, he pulled down his barns and he built greater. He said, so now eat, drink, be merry, take thine ease. For thou hast much good stored up for many years. Well, we find people working for houses and lands and cars. Very seldom do they set that, uh, that blessed are those that send forth the feet of the gospel. 
they they think, well, I'll give God a, here's 10% and the rest is mine. You're going to find out you're rich toward, rich toward self and not rich toward God. That's what happened to that rich man that grounds that brought forth plentifully. He pulled down his barns. He built greater. He was a good businessman. Then he had much good stored up, had a 401k, a lot of pension profit sharing plan. I had a stock portfolio, looked great. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, hedges, hedge funds, whatever. He was doing great. And he said, so take down an ease, eat and drink, be married. For that has much good stored up for many years. You got yourself covered. Then that night, a voice came from heaven and said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And who shall, who shall those things be now? So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. Now, don't get mad at a preacher of righteousness because he's simply obeying. Not his work, not his works at all. He's simply bringing the message of the truth. So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. Well, deceiving yourselves, prosperity. Oh, if you can name it, claim it, snap it, and grab it, you're, you're oh, <laughs> that's a doctrine of the world. Now, there's a power of the mind and the soul realm. But that's not worshiping God in spirit and in truth. What the mind can conceive and believe, it will achieve. That's powers of the soul realm. That's what happened. But you will be as God's discerning good from evil. And you know in that power of the mind, that's a soul realm. It's not spirit. And there's a lot, I'm afraid, that we have behind pulpits deceiving their own selves. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. His natural face. But we with open face, not our face, our, our open face. We're open to the Spirit of God, whatever he says. We all with an open face beholding is in a glass. That pure, unadulterated word of God and the knowledges of God and his word. Exceedingly great and precious promises. In obedience to his statutes, judgments, commandments. And we do those. They liken him to a wise man. There being obedient in all things, doing the will of God. Here, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Be thou ruler over five cities, over thou ruler over ten cities. Whatever you've done, according to your works. And your works do follow you. He says here that it's his natural face. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. But the excellency of the power is not of ourselves. The excellence of the power, the excellency, excellence, excellency of the power is of God and not ourselves. Why? Because it's his glory. It's to the praise of his glory, bringing many sons unto glory. So, this man has a natural face, the natural face in a glass, this word of God, but he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, not the way of God, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. What he was, well, in the word of God, he thought, well, I could this, that, and the other, but I'm not going to conform to it. I'm going to just look at it, then I'm going to forget it and go out and do the world. No. You buy the truth, sell it not. 
You find that pearl of great price, sells all you have, all that he has, and gets that pearl of great price, which is Jesus Christ. What does he do? And goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, staying in that, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, putting on that new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, that new man you're putting on with the renewing of your mind. You believe with the heart, that heart has to be circumcised. Nothing you can do. Circumcision made without hands uh, and uh, putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by baptism. That's a circumcision made without hands, a circumcision of Christ through faith in that operation. God did it. He, he cleansed and cut off that body of the sins of the flesh from your human spirit. That's by baptism. But then after that, do you stop? No. Now you take that mind and put it on the Word of God, being not conformed to this world, but you transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's happened in the spirit. Now you go to the mind. It's that reflection in life. And that body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Romans 12, 1. So you're going to be sanctified, both spirit, soul, and body, to be presented blameless at His coming. Through your works? No. Through the works of the Holy Ghost. Through Christ in you. In Him, by Him, and through Christ alone. For whosoever looketh the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, him being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Not of the word, the work. The work is the Lord, what he's already done. God worketh in you both the will and do. It's his work. He's the one that has done it all. The, not a, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Well, I think you can get what we're saying. There's many, many more scriptures. You can go to Revelation uh, the second and third chapter, God said, I know thy works. And he that has ceased from his own labors has entered into the rest of God. Hebrews 4, he goes there and says, take heed lest a singular promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into his rest. There remaineth the rest of the people of God. If Jesus had given them the rest, he would not have spoken of another day. Joshua, yes, and Jesus. Spoken another day, saying the time is coming and now is, when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. I have many things to tell you, disciples. You're not able to bear it now. It's going to show you things to come. That things are right now, but we have to get first. Oracles are the principles. The first principles are the oracles of God. And set them in order so we can go on to the ministry voice of Jesus and the feast of uh, trumpets and that's where the body of Christ is we've got to get the principles right we have to obey in obedience not of our works obedience is not works friend obedience is through the leading of the Holy Ghost following the leading and as many as are led of the Spirit of God these are the sons of God well you have questions we'd love to hear from you sailinggodspeople.com is our I'm sorry dot org sailinggodspeople.org is our website sailing god's people on the podcast we have our own app sailing god's people uh go to it subscribe we'd love to hear from you uh you have questions uh drop us a line an email a message there we'd love to hear from you uh but 
uh, if they realize that we're going on to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Read that word. Somebody said, well, I don't know. Well, get into the word of God. Say, Lord, show me. Pull that Bible out, the word of God. And as you get into it, the Lord will speak to you. You'll find that Lord when you seek for him with all your heart as a day, you'll find him. And you'll find that there's many things that people have done thinking that gain is godliness. Money can't serve God and mammon. They deceive their own selves. Don't fall for that. Seek God on your own. And when you do, now, of course, there's apostles, prophets, pastors, pastors, and teachers, government's helps that will help you. But there, the Lord, as you seek him, I promise you, by the word of God, he will reveal himself to you. And you'll find and know the truth. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, uh, Behold, the real Jesus. Praise God, neighbor. We want to invite you, and literally encourage you, to give us a call for, as you can see on your screen, we are set up to do an outreach and evangelizing the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ for the sealing of God's people here in the last days. You'll see that we have a tractor-trailer rig, and on that rig is a tent, a gospel tent, that will seat up to 3,000 people. Now, don't let that discourage you because it can be set up to where it will be uh, a tent size for 300 people or 500 or 1,000 or up to 3,000. We have the instruments, we have the chairs, we have the gospel tent that if you would like a gospel tent meeting in your area where we can do social distancing, setting the chairs Eight feet apart, not six, but eight feet apart, several rows, and still get in over 1,500 people in social distancing. We can bring it to your area. If you would like to hear that Jesus' only doctrine of Christ, the sealing of God's people, where we are now in prophecy and eschatology, in that last day, work of the ministry, give us a call. That is Dennis Beard at dennisbeard.org that's our website www.dennisbeard.org or sealinggodspeople.org and let us hear from you we'd like to talk to you we can talk about where you would like to have a tent revival or maybe you would like to say well brother Beard come to the church bring this to the meeting at the church we'd love to hear from you well let us hear from you Give us a call. The number's on the screen. You'll see we have our own motor home. We can drive to you anywhere in the United States. There, also with the tent, with the tractor-trailer rig, and our team of ministers that we bring there to your town, your city, to your state. So if the Lord deals with you, don't hesitate. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to have a gospel tent meeting or meet there and have a meeting in a meeting room or your church. Give us a call. Contact us at dinnerspirit.org, sealinggodspeople.org, and we'd love to hear from you. Let's talk. Let's meet. The body of Christ is coming together greater than it ever has before in the work of the ministry, in the unity of the faith, in the knowledge of the Son. Until the next time. 
This is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.